Welcome to Game Tech Politics. Sorry about that volume. <laughs> it got loud just a second ago. I'm back with uh, Whisper from the West Game. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about West Game strategies. And then we're going to also do a segment on Whisper's favorite games. And then I'm going to quiz her and see her knowledge on video games. How are you doing tonight, Whisper? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So... We touched base just a little bit last night. We we kind of went all over the place yesterday on religion, politics. We talked about the West game some. And um, I looked through the um, listenership yesterday, and actually you did pretty good. Uh, we had over 1,200 listeners um, in the past 24 hours, so that's not bad at all. Uh, usually I, I get an average of seven to 800, so we've – um, taken and uh, broke a little bit of a, a record yesterday. So, so congrats on that. That was your first podcast, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So take us back to the West game that you downloaded it by an ad. And immediately after playing for a little bit, you got hooked. Um, what is what is some of the things in the West game that was interesting to you? So one of the first things that immediately stuck out to me was the fact that the entire game is pretty much based around the people and the diplomatics and just literal politics of the game. And it's kind of like a, like a miniature government system that you learn how to coexist with each other in. And so upon joining any alliance, like there's a certain amount of kind of like finesse that's required to just exist with people because <laughs> you've got people from all over the globe in this game. Okay, so if if a person's listening for the first time and they have no clue what the West game's about and they first download it and they start playing it, what what are some tips that you can give a newbie such as myself or or even just a person that just started the game tonight, what what kind of tips can you give them? <laughs> no cannons. Um, so this entire game is a lot more about people than you might think. Watch what you say. Uh, that would be like my biggest tip is just watch what you say to people because you will be paired up and grouped together with certain individuals that you never thought that you would ever be friends with or connected with. Um, in the beginning like scuba. of play. Sorry? Like scuba. Like like scuba, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never <laughs> I never thought that I would ever even like chat with scuba and then here I here I am in a in a Discord with them just chatting like like friends. So it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, you you hit the nail on the coffin. There are so many different personalities uh that play this game so you're you're right and and the thing the thing that i like about this game is the fact that you have you know you have younger people playing it such as yourself um you have uh people in their 30s like myself that play it and then um you have a wide range of people we even have people that are over 60 years old that play this game religiously yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. I didn't expect to see such a wide age range, if I'm honest, because um, most of these games, you know, you get these, like, teenagers that get on there just to be annoying and such. But this game, I personally feel like, does a pretty good job of weeding out those types of characters because, honestly, especially in a game like this, if you're annoying or you are just not very good with people, it's going to show, and people are not going to want you in their alliances and they're not going to want to deal with you. So you got to be a decent human being to be able to play this game successfully. Or, or be, uh, or hide your, your flaws. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so for a person who just downloaded this game, your, my, my advice to them is to get into one of the bigger alliances because 
usually the game will automatically put you in a small alliance with less than 20 people or a small alliance that has strength that is only in the hundreds of thousands or if not just very minimal millions. So how, for a person that's new, how do they get into a big alliance such as our alliance, KBR? So the best tip that I can offer for that one um, would be to just start out the game like you normally would. Don't worry about what state you're in. Don't worry about any of that. Just build your town, build up, and just send applications to the top alliances and just see what they say. However, if you're wanting to purposefully start in a big alliance, I would suggest getting used to the game enough to know what switching states is going to do and then switch to a new server the day that it starts and then just start building like crazy. And then you'll be able to join in the top alliance because all of you are starting at the same level. So it's not going to be like, oh, you need to be 10 million power to to join us. Meanwhile, you're sitting there at like 99,000. You're like, I just started. I can't do this. So find a new server and just start building up as fast as you possibly can. Make a team if you want to or join the current top one. So how do they how do they find a new server? You actually taught me this uh, this morning and I ended up doing exactly what you told me. So I, I now have a farm account uh, in our state. So how would somebody uh, move to a different state or, or a new server, as you suggest? So the, as soon as you start a new account, it will put you in the newest possible server available within the game. And so you'll automatically be in the youngest state, if you will. However, if you want to be able to go into the youngest server the day that it starts, there's actually a schedule for when all of these servers start. And if you want to switch states, you can also do that. Uh, You need to have your town center level, which we call your TC level. That needs to be, I believe, a level five and below to flip states freely. And so you can go to whatever state you want to. It doesn't matter. Okay. And what, what do they, what do they do? Like, how do they, if, if a person doesn't even know the dynamics of this game yet, what, what do they do to switch to cross over to another state? So if you're wanting to cross over, you can go and you are going to need to get through um, a little bit of the tutorial first, unfortunately, because the tutorial kind of forces you to go through a certain section of it first. But as soon as it, you know, lets lets you out of its clutches, <laughs> you can you can go and you can click on your map view, because when you start out, you'll start out in what we call your town view, which is your personal town and then you can click the little map in the bottom left-hand corner, and that'll take you to your map view. And from there, you can go to the top right-hand corner of your screen. There's going to be a couple options up there. There's a globe that you can click, and that's like the whole world pretty much. That's where all the states are. And so you can go and pick whatever one you want to go into. Um, and like I said, we're obviously in state 57, so hey, come come join our state if you'd like. Uh, but click on click on whatever state you want to go into and click enter state. The state will appear to be kind of blacked out a little bit. It'll look a little foggy. Um, but click anywhere in the state and it'll say, uh, to. it'll give you the option to move your town. And if your TC level is low enough, it'll let you move into that state just by clicking anywhere on the ground in that state. Right. And the thing, the thing that people need to remember is that do not upgrade your town center past level five. Because once that happens, you're stuck in the state that you started with. So you do not want to upgrade your town center to uh, higher than five to get that done. And basically, they give you a teleport for a cross-state move for free. And you can uh, take and move, uh, like Whisper said, move to uh, a different state that uh, hopefully you'll join S57. It's Stag's Rest. And that, that's one of the cooler states, I think. Um, we have some really great players. I wouldn't suggest to move to a really, really old state because they have, I've seen accounts where they have like 1.5 billion in force. And I don't think that you'll be able to grow very much in that state. I mean, you may, uh, but 
I just wouldn't suggest it. Unless you so have after, a lot of money, no. Right. <laughs> so after after they after a new player moves to the state of their choice, or if they just want to stay in the state that they uh, started with, uh, where do they go from there? Where do they go from just after you've started in your in your new state? Yes, like how how do they get recognized? How do they build? Uh, what what kind of tips can you give them to build as quickly as possible? Gotcha. So for like for me, I started out in state forty nine, and I had the issue where uh, I had joined that server two weeks after it had started. <laughs> And so everyone else kind of had two weeks ahead of me and my team to, you know, build up super far. And especially the people who like to spend a lot of money on the game, they were already several, several million in power. And so it was very difficult to catch up to any of them. And I didn't feel like I could compete. So I made a new account. I started in state 57 and I brought my team, me me and a couple other people brought our team from state 49 to 57 on purpose. And we all started new accounts and we all just started building super quick. And the best thing that you can do would be to, if you want to get up in force right away, you need to build um, troops and you need to unlock your tier two and tier three troops as quickly as you possibly can. A lot of research goes into it and it takes a lot of time and speed ups. I would suggest buying some packs, but you do need to know that if you buy a pack that is more than ten dollars you will not see those 99 cent packs anymore unfortunately oh well, i did not know that um luckily for me i have not bought more than a five dollar pack so that's that's cool to know um now when they get to a certain level and the competition uh really reigns in what do you find yourself battling a lot of people or do you just uh kind of are a passive player and uh, try to concentrate on building your town first? So it really depends Mm -hmm. on just how you want to play the game and what kind of account you want to have. If you do go around hitting everything all the time, every day, you're never going to grow. You're never going to get bigger because you're constantly going to be pretty much throwing away troops and traps all the time because you're always hitting. And when you are always hitting, that means that your battle fever is on. You can't shield, so you are definitely at risk to get zeroed by another player. So it's a lot of a mixture of both of them. Some days not hitting, some days hitting. It just depends on if you really want to get hit and how quickly you want to grow. Are you focused on the number or are you focused on fighting? And that that's, that's a really good uh, bit of advice because uh, I ended up I had a, a couple accounts and one of my accounts I took and just started battling constantly. And I found myself, I found myself staying at the same force number uh, or, or lower. I would, I would always lower my force and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm not getting anywhere with doing what I'm doing. So I went back to my main account, which is an S 57 and I started growing uh, tremendously by doing exactly what you said. And that's uh, basically taking and concentrating solely on combat research. And combat research, if you do that first and you focus on that, you will get to T3 uh, a lot quicker than, than focusing on like your sheriff or you're focusing on traps what what is another one that um, uh, is in in research? There's sheriff traps, also economics. Economics, yes. So uh, I would really suggest you guys to not. And and another thing, what I've also learned is the sheriff development skill. Uh, I used to balance that out. I used to give my points to basically. Um, you know, I would have everything on, uh, level five, you know, and I, and I would take and, and give, give my points to where it was weak, but I found that that's really a, uh, that's really a, a, a bad way of playing it because 
if you concentrate, if, if I'm wanting to concentrate on building my town and, and upgrading my town center and upgrading my buildings, I need to put my points where it's going to be more effective. And so I, I started messing with that and I've been boosting my co uh, construction, boosting my research, boosting my troop training. And that's gotten me a lot farther in the game than what I could even imagine. Because like you said earlier, um, it takes a lot of time to do your research. But if you have those research boosts, it will cut down days or hours. So I, f I find that, you know, do not be afraid to mess around with your sheriff development skill reset button. Uh, always reset and concentrate on what you're trying to do that day. If you're wanting to battle, uh, you can either upgrade your attack or upgrade your defense. And then the next day, if you're just wanting to build your uh, town, then I would reset it and then max out all the construction and research and troop training. That's one of the hints that I can give new players out there. Now, we have in S57, we have some huge, huge people. Um, namely, uh, GG is a huge force in this state. Uh, Nish is also a chancellor like yourself, Whisper. Um, how are those interactions with you and the other chancellors or the other bigs out there? So my job primarily, of course, is to organize people and to just kind of be a people person. And so with some of the chancellors and the other kind of like leaders in the state, it's really easy for me to converse with them and we get along great. And others, not so much. And it just kind of depends on the personality. So for me, I am an overall pretty chilled out person. I'd like to I'd like to think I don't really fight much, don't argue much because I just don't find interest in it. So um, when it comes to me and Gigi, Gigi used to be one of my guys. Uh, and, you know, I, I really don't know where where we stand. So I would be I would be curious to find that out. Niche and I are kind of frenemies <laughs> i think is the best word for that one we we get along and we don't it just kind of depends on who messed up what so whispers about to get into the west game drama oh, so tell, tell me about this frenemies relationship with nish okay i love nish i think she's great um I know, I know that we that we'll, <laughs> we'll argue over some things. It's really difficult to not get really defensive of your own team. Like I know for me, I am very territorial and protective, especially of my own players. And so if someone else is threatening them or trying to hit them or just doing something that I know is not fair or against the rules or whatever, that does not sit very well with me and I don't tolerate it. And so I'm a very outspoken person, which means that I'm going to call you out on it. And typically I will do that through a private message because I'm not really trying to start a bunch of drama in state chat because it's ridiculous. That's why my guys stay out of state chat. I'm like, it's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's now, now you said message. rules. You said rules. There's rules in this game. There are rules in this game. There are kind of those unspoken rules and the rules that uh, the state itself just kind of decides that it wants to have. Num one of the number one rules, pretty much game-wide, I would say, would be no tile hitting. What is tile hitting? So tile hitting, for all for all y'all new, new players out there, um, within the game, you need to gather resources for training and research and just the overall functionality of your town. And so there are resource stylos everywhere throughout, scattered throughout the map. And they, they, you, you can get wood, you can get food, you can get silver, stone, and um, ore. And so all those resources, you have to physically send your troops to go out and gather. Now, those resource stylos can be attacked from opposing teams. And so the rule that the state has created is that we don't want any tile hitting and by that by that we mean like resource tile hitting because the stylo itself that little that little resource thing that you collect from is called a tile and so if you if you attack it while someone's gathering from it most of the time people will send out marching cues to go gather and then they'll go to sleep or they'll hop off the game or do whatever while they wait for all the resources to come back 
And so it's kind of like an unfair hit. It's kind of like a under the table hit. You don't really want to do that. It's a cheap shot. And so for the sake of, you know, good form in the game, you just, you don't tile hit. So, so the government of the politics of this game, we, you know, you want to play with good morals and and a good attitude and, and just take and, and, if you want to battle somebody, their town while they're unshielded, that's fine, but just don't hit the t- tiles that their troops are in to collect resources. Correct, because that is definitely a cheap shot, and we just it's it's very mm-hmm. discouraged and just kind of frowned upon in pretty much any state you go to. Now, what if what if a player uh, wants to just go rogue and they just tile hit they? They break all of the state rules. What happens to that player? So we do uh, pretty often. We have those lovely independent minds who think that they can do whatever they want. And (laughs) it's always awesome dealing with those people. The point of this game is not to be controlled by everybody else. That is not the point. The point is to try to coexist with each other. And it's about teamwork. And so we get sometimes those people that are like, nah, you know, I just want to do whatever I want. I want to go and live by my own rules. And that's great. However, if you announce that and you proceed to, to go and do that, even though you are well aware of the state rules, that entire state is going to constantly be coming after you. And you can say, oh, well, I'm always going to have my shield up. That's awesome. However, you are not always going to have your shield up and one of these days your shield is going to slip because you are going to lose connection. You are not going to be online. You're going to be asleep. You're not going to remember. It's a when, not an if, your shield drops. That entire state is watching you and they are all keeping tabs on you. I promise this. They are all keeping tabs (laughs) on your location. Everybody knows where you are and the second that that shield drops, you are going to be top zeroed within seconds i can guarantee you that all right so remind everybody what top zero is so that's kind of a term that i personally just kind of came up with because it made the most sense to me Uh, so y'all don't have to adopt this if you don't want to but i just found it the easiest when i refer to a top zero i mean when you go to hit another player with and you you two battle with your towns your town has uh, what I would call like a safe number um, of of power. And that is your building power and your research power. And that cannot be destroyed. It cannot be taken away. It can't go down. That's just your, your, your base power. Like when you are empty, you have absolutely nothing else. That's your top zero. That's all you got left. Because what builds your power number is your your troops and that's very subjective because your troops can die you can build more and that number is going to change constantly so if somebody comes along and they top zero you it means that that number goes all the way down to the lowest that it can possibly be okay and if if so if a person follows the state rules if a a newbie like myself follows the state rules we grow up to a town center, let's say uh, 18, and they are in, let's say, uh, a 10 million force uh, rate. How can they get over that hump? Because I see a lot of players uh, that become bored with this game because they cannot get over that hump of a 10 million to 15 million force. And you see a lot of the players in S57 that, is 20 or higher. How how can a person with a 10 million force or a 15 million force, how can they quickly get up to that range of 20 to 30 million? Honestly, the quickest way to do anything in this game is to pay money. And a lot of people don't want to do that. So if you're looking for the tips of how to quickly grow without paying a bunch of money, uh, the fastest way that you're going to be able to do that is to just not fight keep that shield up be a part of an alliance that actually helps you out and you're going to get a lot of a lot of gold and a lot of speed ups from your alliance gifts and just from killing outlaws and whatnot and other aspects of the game the game is playable without having to pay a bunch of money you just got to know how and so definitely get your research up 
and unlock tier three troops and tier three traps as quickly as you can because if you can build those up your power will shoot up pretty far pretty quick now that that was that's a really good bit of advice because one of the things that attracted me to you guys uh over more six and i i I was really thinking about switching alliances to more six um, because I I have a lot of friends uh, in there. But what attracted me to you guys was your gift level is level 19. And I thought, well, you know, if if I'm wanting to grow, uh, why not do why not join an alliance that has a high gift level? So can you can you kind of explain the gift level uh, scenario for us? So every every time that someone in your alliance buys a pack or kills an outlaw or completes a certain goal, it will give the entire alliance a gift. And every time each alliance member opens that gift, it gives you a certain amount of gift points that contributes to the total amount of gift points for your alliance. And once your alliance reaches a specific amount of points, you go up a level. And so KBR actually has the highest gift level in the state, even though we're not the top alliance at the moment. And the reason that we have that is because we have a lot of um, pretty pretty big spenders and a lot of people that just know how to play the game pretty well. And so our gift level shot up right away. And until FH reaches gift level 20, we still hold that um, record for being the highest gift level. So that's pretty nice. I I was a part of Alliance that ha- that has a gift level of 16 and and there is a big spender and I'm going to go ahead and name her. I don't think that she'll mind. I know that she listens to this podcast, but uh, Annie Oakley, Annie Oakley is one of the quiet. She's, she's never on state chat ever. I, I don't think that throughout the three to four months that I've been playing in S 57, I have never seen her in state chat one time, not once, but that woman uh, she spends, I'm going to say probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars each week. And I don't know how these people get their money or why they spend so much, but she's at a, uh, force of 229 million and she's only killed 5 million troops. And Gigi messaged me this morning. He is the uh, he is one of the leaders in FH. I don't believe he's a chancellor. Is he a chancellor? Gigi, to my knowledge, the last time I checked, actually doesn't have a status in FH. Okay, that's that's quite that's weird um, because I think Fake Gov is the chancellor, correct? So the reason for that is because the governor, uh, whoever the governor of the state is, can't shield. <laughs> so um, a lot of alliances, uh, whoever gets government will create an alt account and they won't build it. It'll just be in a, a holding place. And so that way nobody has to stay unshielded. So fake oh, wow. an alt account. Okay. So that, that's, that's knowledge to me. I, I, I did not know that. So basically the person who controls the whole entire, let's say state, uh, cannot be shielded at all. Correct that is that is odd i wonder why the creators of a game made it that way uh it's it's a lot like having battle fever on constantly you just you physically yeah oh goodness i can't talk you physically cannot have a shield up it won't let you put it up okay yeah Gigi. Gigi asked me he was like you really need to have annie oakley on as one of your guests for this podcast and have her explain why she doesn't attack. She spends so much money on this game, but she never attacks. Um, but you know, it's her game and that's, that's the way I view it. If she wants to attack everybody, she can. And if she doesn't, she doesn't have to, uh, but we have some big players in our Alliance. Can you name some of those? Uh, yeah, I can name uh, quite a few, actually. We've got Semper Vester, 41, would be our top gal. She's pretty cool. Uh, Jack what, kind of, what, what kind of player is Semper? Semper is a no-nonsense character, 100%. She is very blunt. She's straightforward. 
She's not interested in getting in all of the petty arguments with people. She does not care. She is not a talker. <laughs> She'll just hit you. <laughs> Do not okay. piss her off. She's very protective of her teammates, and she is loyal to a fault. Yes, yeah, she's very loyal to you. That My first conversation with her, she's saying nothing but praises for you, and she basically told me that you were kind of a no-nonsense type of person that and that if I wanted in KBR uh, the very first rule that she gave me was stay away from state chat do not go into state chat because uh, whisper is very hard on that so what what are some other um, alliance members that we have that are uh, pretty big jackhammer j jackhammer j and what what type of player is he a lot like Semper. Jay's keyboard on his phone is actually broken at the moment. And so Jay can only communicate by sending coordinates. <laughs> and so it's kind of like a J and E's. Like we've made a language out of this. And I am, I would say, probably one of the top people who understand what he's trying to say, no matter what coordinates he sends. I've done my best to kind of educate the rest of the alliance. Fortunately for Jay, he does have my phone number so he can call me <laughs> and tell me what he's trying to say. <laughs> Jay, get a new phone, buddy, please. <laughs> uh, Jay is awesome. I love that, dude. It's like it reminds me of that Jay and Silent Bob, but he's not, he's he's the silent one, not Bob. Oh, Bob okay. Alexander. Bob Alexander actually is very talkative. He just has been uh, doing real life stuff lately. No, what I what I meant was the movie Jay and Silent Bob. It's a oh. old movie. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, uh, we, we are going to name what – if you could put a top five list of players in S57 that you would give uh, the MVP award or be in a running for the MVP award, who, who would you give that to, the top five players? In terms of skill, in terms of – Everything. Everything, Okay. Well, uh, number one on my list, honestly, would be Semper Vester because she is a phenomenal person and character just all around in how she plays, how she deals with people. And I have a lot of respect for her. That'll be my number one. Number two, I would definitely go with Jackhammer J because he is hilarious and he just wants to just go and F up someone's day. That's just like. His whole thing, he's like, I just want to go burn stuff. All right, I don't care what happens. I just want to burn stuff. Okay, we got three more. Okay. Um, third, I would say JC Wrangler. I didn't know him very well. However, I had been in conversation with another player um, named Amp2, and he was the chancellor of EPU. And I had EPU merge with KBR when that kind of like big like mass exodus took place um, of ass, and I flipped it over to KBR and so JC Wrangler had joined as well and immediately he stuck out to me because he was a really hard worker and he paid attention to every individual player and he has been keeping track of all of the players from EPU and how much they've grown and he's very detail oriented and the second that I asked him to do anything he's yes ma'am okay and he gets it done for me that's an understatement JC is I'm telling you you are under you are literally underplaying this guy because he is the first person that um, helped me so much when I first got into this alliance. Um, so, again, I, I mentioned you yesterday, JC. You are an excellent player. We don't, we don't even talk. It's just whenever I need something, he, he's right there. He's right there. How about two more? And, and try to figure out – I know that – Three, three of those were in our alliance. What are some players outside of our alliance that you can give credit to? Let me think about that. I've got, so I've got, I've got so many. Um, we can't I, name Kane. We we cannot name Kane. So let's leave Kane out. We of can't us. name Kane. <laughs> oh my goodness! I well, know okay, okay. So we can give him an people. honorable mention. We can give him an honorable mention. Kane is a guy that will change his name, I would say, 10 times. I bet you that he has spent so many loyalty points in gold by changing his name 
that I he would probably be a forty million force by now if he would have just saved his gold and resources <laughs> without changing his name oh so much. God. But he is so hilarious. He makes the state so much more fun. So Kane, I give it up to you, buddy. You you do uh, make my day a lot better when you do stupid antics like that. Like he parked he parked next to you. Um, him and Eclipse did uh, a, a few days ago and was just changing his name to <laughs> to like loud noises or um, uh, what's some of the other names that he was trying to make fun of you for? Oh, he would say like X muted or I'm shouting or stop shouting or Helen Keller <laughs> was one of them. Are you kidding me? Any playoff of my name that he could possibly create. He's like, guys, look at this one. <laughs> All right. So besides Kane, what, what are some players out there that need to be uh, noticed in S57? Um, I would I would say Malignant from Nirvana. He's a pretty straightforward dude and easy to chat with. Okay. And what's his game game style? Do you or do you even know? I don't know his fighting style, but I do know that he is also a very diplomatic person. And at the same time, he is also a call-you-on-your-crap person. And so you may have noticed that the theme here with me is that I kind of like no-nonsense people. Those are the people that stick out to me because those are the people that are the easiest for me to chat with. Those people that would typically be rough around the edges for others are fantastic for me. <laughs> okay, I got a couple I got a couple of players that uh, I do want to mention. Uh, one of them is Going Loco. Uh, he is... A51 changed their um, alliance name. I didn't know if you noticed that or not. I did, <sighs> yes. Yeah, they're they're the Loyal Rangers now. <laughs> if if you if you guys are listening out there, uh, former A51, um, yeah. Every time that we talk about you, we are going to giggle at your name now. So it's true. Um, it, I, I don't know what you guys were thinking. Of course, I, I think that that was probably DD's move because he wants to get rid of anything that is alien casinos, <laughs> that, that alien casinos has touched. So they got rid of A51, and now they are the Loyal Rangers, the LRs. Oh, okay, um, so going loco, he is a, uh, of course... Um, he is in the trains. He works for a train company. I don't know which one, um, but he is, uh, I would say, I don't know how old he is. I know he's an older cat, um, but he is one of the nicest gentlemen of the game. And he plays it. He plays it religiously. He plays it every single day. And then another one is to the end. To the end is a older cat as well. He's from Missouri. He's from the Bible Belt. He has a lot of the same values I have, and we we talk every day. We we even uh, call each other just to check in with each other. He's just a really nice guy and and great individual. So I just want to give you guys a shout out. Um, well, uh, so let's let's end this segment with the biggest advice that you can give a new player what i mean if you could give them if you could only say one thing to them what would it be use a shield use a shield why <laughs> what if if a person is is a level 14 town center what's what's a shield gonna i mean we don't have that much anyway so what's a shield gonna do it costs a lot 1500 in gold or 600,000 uh i don't know if it's 600,000 i think that's a teleport I'm not sure what a shield costs. I have like over 30 of them. So say again. I believe it's 1500. I might be wrong. Right. I know it's 1500 gold. Um, I just don't know how much it is in loyal points or if you can even buy any in loyal points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's um, I know that the teleports are 600,000, something like that. Right. Right. So what? what's why use a shield so much? Okay. So. Regardless of your your town center level, regardless of your force, regardless of literally anything, the second that you do not have a shield, you are susceptible to be hit and be hit potentially very hard. 
So unless you just want to lose all of your progress that you've been working so hard on for the past three, four, five months, use a shield because that is the only thing that's really going to protect everything that you've built up. If you absolutely cannot use a shield, please, please, please camp all of your troops that you possibly can. Those shields around your troops last for 12 hours and they're free. So either camp or use a shield, one of the two, but protect your stuff. That that's great advice. All right. So basically to give you guys a summary, uh, if you guys are new to the West game or if you don't know what the West game is all about, it is really probably one of the most popular uh, games on, uh, on your mobile device. Uh, just go into the store, type in West game, download it, see if it's for you. It's not for everybody, but we do have a large community And um, I think that if you take and download this game, you're going to uh, be, it's going to take over a little bit of part of your life like it has mine. Um, And if you are new uh, and you haven't gotten your town center to level five yet, join us. Go to S57. Uh, Like you said, uh, go to your worldview, click on the globe. And then uh, look for S57 and then move your town over to S57 and look us up on KBR. Uh, KBR is our alliance. So if you see our alliance, message us, message Whisper. Say, hey, I listened to you on uh, Game Tech Politics. Can I join your alliance? I'm sure if we have a spot open, we'll we'll, um, shoot you an invite. So now Whisper... We've, I've been talking about the West game on the past few podcasts and I've really got away from video games, which a lot of the listeners that I have out there are more into console type games or PC games. What, uh, do you play video games at all other than the West game? Uh, yeah, I play a couple of PC games and I'm trying to get into console games, but I'm really new at console. So forgive my ignorance on that one. What console do you have, or do you have one? All right, so my my preference is PlayStation. However, I have an Xbox One because I got it brand new for $30. Oh, wow. How did you <laughs> yeah. do that? So I had a, it was a buddy of mine who he had, for some reason, he had an extra one, and he didn't want it anymore, and it was still in, in the box. And I was like, yeah, what are you going to do with it? And he's just like, yeah, well. He definitely <laughs> has a crush on you. Definitely has a crush on you. Because no Love guy <laughs> is going to give up a console unless the girl is pretty and for only $30. All right, so what are, some, what are some of the video games that you play? So my primary game that I play on PC is Payday 2. Okay, Payday 2 is basically a um, you go rob banks uh, with a group of people. And um, I th- Payday 1, I don't know when that came out. I know that it came out um, in the last generation. In, well, actually, I think Payday 1 came out in P- PS3, Xbox 360. Um, but Payday 2 is basically like a cooperative first-person shooter. And um, it was released in... I think Payday 2 was in 2013. I'm not yeah, quite sure. It was August 13th, 2013. There you go. And so why 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 do you get into Payday? One of my friends had downloaded the game a while back, and uh, they had suggested it to me. And it was only $10 at the time. I was on a sale. So they uh, bought it for me. They're like, hey, you know, try this out. See if you like it. If, if you do, we can play together. If not, then don't worry about it. And I started playing it and I immediately just fell in love with it. No clue why. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, you have to work together as a team in order to, um, play this game efficiently. Um, it, it, it's not so much my taste. I, I think that I, I get into more, uh, more strategy like I, I like games like have you ever played red dead redemption i have not but my brother played it religiously so i have watched a lot of it okay for me red dead redemption has the and i'm talking about the first one not the second okay red dead redemption one 
literally has the best ending in a video game that I've ever played ever. And I played, uh, I'm t- I know you don't know me well, Whisper, but I am like a video game nut. Uh, <laughs> I, I have every single console. Uh, well, almost every single console. I have like, uh, I have the original Atari. Um, I have the Famicom. Do you know what the Famicom is? I do not. Famicom is actually the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, it's just the it's just the Japanese name um, uh, that they released. It was uh, Famicom before it was the NES. I have one of those. I have a uh, ColecoVision. I have um, the Sega Genesis with the CD with the uh, Sega Genesis uh, 32-bit. I, I just have it all. So don't judge me, but I have over 500 Xbox One games. I have over 1,000 PS3 games. I would say I would put up my PS4 numbers at around 150 to 200. I have um, over 200 uh, original NES games. I have a Switch. My Switch account, I don't have as many games on my Nintendo Switch. I'm just not a huge Nintendo fan anymore. Um, I have probably 20 or 30 of them. But um, so, yeah, that, that's my background in video games. One, but with Red Dead Redemption 1, I would have to say it has the best ending uh, of any video game ever. So I really suggest you to play it and play it throughout the whole entire game and finish it. And it's going to give you a WTF moment. Like what the moment? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to run it for you because I know you will play it after I tell you to. So seriously, take the $5 because I think it's only like five or $10 on, xbox live uh buy that game and just play it throughout you're going to it's and plus it's a western so uh that that's even more of a reason to play it um what what's some other games besides payday 2 that you play i also play counter-strike a counter-strike player mm-hmm. see i've i've only played that a few times i'm not a counter-strike fan either but i know that the, like i am the minority because Counter-Strike is one of the most popular games uh, ever. What is it that what is it that you like about Counter-Strike? I like the um adrenaline rush that it gives me because it it doesn't give you any warnings. Like you can just be shot from anywhere at any time and you just hope that you're not sniped from somewhere. So it really trains your eyes to be able to see even the slightest little bit of movement and to me that's actually a pretty cool skill to have. Okay, and uh, a few more games that, that uh, let's say, honorable mentions. Let's see. I also played uh, Left 4 Dead 2, which is kind of like a zombie game. Yeah, that's a most. That's one of the most uh, popular Xbox games out there. Mm-hmm. And one more? And another one would be Warframe. Warframe. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, my, my nephew, uh, rest in peace, Garrett, um, my nephew Garrett, um, I, I do want to mention him just for a moment because he, him and his brother are the reason why I got into video games so much because it was just kind of like a hobby for me and my nephews to play um, video games. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the younger uh, brother, or I'm the younger sibling of my family. So my older sister had kids and I just, uh, you know, um, I was, of course, you know, 10 years older, but, um, we, our hobbies was just playing video games and Garrett, unfortunately passed away, uh, two months ago. Uh, he was only 23 years of age. I'm sorry, man. And yeah. And, um, uh, I don't even know my thoughts on this now. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he loved Warframe. Uh, that was one of the games that he was so good at. And, and luckily I have, I, I do have his account for, uh, Xbox. I actually gave him my, my old account and then he started using my old account, which was a girl farted. So, um, Garrett, we love you, buddy. And I know you're listening uh, to us right now. Um, 
So I'm going to give you some, I know that you uh, are a new gamer, but, mm-hmm. um, and I know that you're probably going to get nine out of 10 of these answers wrong, yeah. but <laughs> I want to, I want to try to quiz you anyways, because I think that uh, for the listeners out there, I want you guys to play along too. You guys know my, I, I quit Twitter altogether. Um, my game tech politics account on Twitter has been suspended so I did not go back to um, Twitter because they just censor me every single day. So uh, I did start a Parler account. You can look me up on Parler at Game Tech Politics. Um, and if you want to play along, play along. Uh, so what was the very what was the first commercially successful video game ever? Whisper. Old enough one that I know of is Atari. Okay, so you're you're kind of you're kind of leading in that right direction. So what what do you think it is? Do you have an answer? Uh, Pong. That's correct. It is Pong. Cool. Good job. Good job. Okay. <laughs> so what is the best selling video game ever of all time? Oh uh, man, I've got no clue. What would what would be a uh, just give me a guess? Um, past or present? It, it this is all time. This is all time. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, it's not like Call, Call of Duty or something. No, it is actually Minecraft. Minecraft, Minecraft. is the best-selling video game of all time, and they surpassed Tetris. Tetris wow. held that title for. Uh, for years, many, many years. What year was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System released? <laughs> this was before you were born. Oh, probably. I Nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. No, that no is idea. Wrong answer. Um, you're going more towards the Atari. I think the Atari was uh, <laughs> in the late seventies. Um, the answer would be 1991. 1991 was the uh, year that the Super Nintendo uh, was released. <clears throat> now, what it, what is the highest selling game console to date? The highest selling, not not the amount of consoles sold but what was the highest selling meaning the price it's probably one of the more current ones i would i would think it's pretty pretty expensive like a like a playstation or something it was actually the playstation 2 but here's the thing i i have to disagree with that i'm getting my uh questions on icebreakers it was it was uh, half half right the playstation <laughs> Say again. It was, was half correct, you know. PlayStation. Yeah, that was close. Yeah, <laughs> well, they say they say it was the PlayStation Two, but I have to. If I can think back, I have to give it to the Panasonic 3DO. Yeah. The Panasonic 3DO was released um, in the mid '90s, and their price point was like at seven hundred dollars. Um. Think that it was released either in 94, 95, or 96. I'll have to look that one up. Um, Panasonic 3DO. Yeah, it was released in 1993 was the first models. And they didn't, it didn't start getting really popular until about 94 to 95. But they, they, they were very expensive. I mean, you can't buy one today uh, for, uh, I think you can buy one today for like anywhere from two to $300. That's, that's the average price that people sell them for. So it's basically like you're buying a brand new console. All right. Uh, you might know this because you are a PC player. Um, Blizzard Entertainment is most well known for what video game franchise? Probably World of Warcraft. That's correct. That's awesome. You got two right. Whisper. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. What product did Nintendo first release before taking on the world of video games? 
What product? See, it wasn't that pops into my head is just a Game Boy, but that's still a game, so. Yeah, it wasn't, nothing video game related. Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. Playing cards. For real? For real, playing cards. And that kind of makes sense because they they took in, um, they purchased the right of Pokemon, which Pokemon is is basically playing cards, so. Okay, uh, what food was the character Pac-Man modeled after? Well, he's yellow, so I think a lemon. That's that that was a that's an actual decent answer. It was actually um, pizza. 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 Yeah, it was basically. Um, let me see. The creator of Pac-Man. Uh, I can't. I, I know his name. It's Toru Iwatani. I, I believe I, I got that correct. I'm not really quite certain how, to, how you say that name, but he was basically eating pizza when he came up with the idea for Pac-Man. Interesting. <clears throat> Which is uh, very uh, weird. Um, huh, this, right. this is one of my favorite questions to question people about video games. What what was Mario's original name? Super Mario. What was his original name? Oh gosh. Now, come on. I gave you this. This is an easy one because I gave you the answer in our group chat. Uh, <coughs> oh my word! Uh, was that like Miyamoto or something? No, it was Jumpman. Oh, okay. Jumpman. Uh, Mario actually he made his first debut. And the original arcade version of Donkey Kong. And so that was that was when Mario became now a little backstory about this that you might find interesting is that um, the creator of Super Mario Brothers was really um, trying to figure out what he could name uh, that character in the the new, you know, kind of. uh, what what do you call when you watch a TV show and then they have, then when it ends they they do a, another TV show based on other characters like a spinoff, a spinoff. Okay, so yeah, the Donkey Kong, uh, Super Mario Brothers was a spinoff uh, on Donkey Kong, right. and um, so what happened with with his name Jumpman? They they the creator wanted to actually give him a name. And uh, he was walking or he was going home and he passed a janitor um, that had uh, his name tag was Mario. And that's basically how he came up with the name Super Mario. Great. So, yeah, it was kind of a really good backstory on that. (laughs) What is the most expensive video game made to date? Now, this should be I'm really... I know that a lot of uh, people out there that's listening, they're probably racking their brains on this, but don't think too hard because uh, I I bet you 95% of the listeners out there have played this game. Uh, Modern Combat? No, it is actually Grand Theft Auto V. Now, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 um was very very close um behind so all right uh we'll do a couple more what year was the first prototype for a home-based video game console developed do you understand the question so what what year was the first console ever created See, I feel like my dad would know that question better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It, oh, it is gosh. actually in your dad's uh, uh, era. So. Well, that'd be like around 1972 <clears throat> then, right? Say again? Wouldn't that be around 1972 then, back with Atari? Mm-hmm. You're close. <clears throat> okay, then 1975 would be my guess. That's a good guess. You're eight years away. In 1967... <laughs> Developers at Sanders Associates created the first prototype of a video game console, 
And basically, the Magnavox Odyssey was your very first uh, home uh, video game home console. Uh, It was not the Atari. And the Magnavox Odyssey was actually, uh, it only had one game, one game only, and that was Pong. And people picked up Pong, and and Atari was just like, they, they they brainstormed and said, you know what, instead of having just a ROM chip inside this console. Why not we, why not make ROM cartridges where we can have a console to basically play uh, many types of game instead of just one game. And that's where Atari took off. And that's why they were so successful uh, at the time. Now, this is my last question. This, this is a big one. This, this really uh, is a game changer for video games. This is why, we are able to play video games today. <clears throat> what uh, Atari was very successful. We all know that. But what helped Atari become bankrupt? Because you know that they don't make video game consoles today. So what was, what was it that made them lose a lot of money? I'm guessing it would be something to do with a patent. And um, other video game companies kind of like coming to life and creating more intelligent designs of what Atari made. Well, you know, you're, that did that did help. That that was a, a part of it, but surprisingly, that was a small part of it. Really? Yeah, because Atari was the the most well known and trusted video game console, and Nintendo was fairly new they were a japanese company so people just didn't really have too much trust in them they wanted an american-based company which was atari Um, the actual reason why atari went bankrupt so quick was that they bought the rights to produce a video game uh, based on the movie et and when they if I can, if I can get everybody's uh, to basically try to capture this in their mind, when when you create a video game, you work with a team of of developers, a team of artists, and you work together on on, on developing this game. Well, what Atari did when they developed this game, they needed to rush it because ET was the most popular movie out there, so they needed to create this game really quick so they could get. Uh, get it sold as quick as possible. So what they did was they brought a team of of developers together and they split them off in groups. And those groups, each one of those groups had a level to design. And basically the first group uh, on level one really screwed up hardcore (laughs) it screwed up the whole entire game because basically when you when you're you're the et character they there's a left there's a part of the level where you fall into a pit and when you fall into a pit there's no way of getting out of that pit (laughs) so basically you can't even play the game the game was completely ruined so they rushed this game out everybody bought this game and at the at that time, this was at a time where you could take the game back and get a refund if it was defective. So everyone started taking these games back and getting their money back. And Atari just couldn't recover from that type of loss. Yeah. And so you have folklores, which ended up not being a folklore. It ended up being true that all these return games was buried in an Arizona desert I, or maybe a New Mexico desert or, or somewhere in the Southwest, <laughs> they ended up, a company ended up burying them in a landfill. And if you go to that landfill and you, and you find one that is actually working and in a case, it, it can bring in some high dollars. I don't really advise you to go to a landfill because it's pretty dangerous, <laughs> but if you do and you find a few, please DM me on my parlor account and send me one. I'd Did really go dumpster diving share. Yeah, exactly. All right. Whisper. Thanks so much for doing this with me tonight. Again, um, you've been a sport and I do have an announcement. Um, 
I, I really, uh, if, if Whisper agrees to this, uh, me and her are going to do a weekly show together. We might do it two or three times a week. I don't know, depending on, on our schedules. But um, I, I have fun with you, man. I, th- I think that um, this we're a great duo in this. And uh, it's much better to talk video games with somebody than, than to go along with just, you know, talking to myself. So I really appreciate <laughs> you contributing. Um, hopefully we can make this uh, grow into, you know, 50 to 100,000 listeners. I'm not quite there. Uh, I have a long way to go to get to that point. But um, for all you subscribers out there, I do want to say thank you. Um, if you're new to this podcast, please uh, like this podcast. Uh, the reviews do go a long way. I know a lot of uh, people, they just ignore giving five stars or whatever. But uh, if you like this podcast, give me a review. Uh, subscribe to the channel and share it, um, especially if you're in the West game. And you have, um, we're going to do a few more on the West game. Uh, we're going to actually prepare ourselves a little bit better on some of the strategies that we can give you uh, in the later episodes. That way you can progress a lot further. Um, but Whisper, thank you so much for doing this with me tonight. Yep, sure. So uh, we will be back um, in the next uh, few days and do another episode for you, and we will talk about the West game further. So good night to you.